happens when a radio broadcaster gets let go from his sports talk job? Well, he tries to figure out what he wants to do next for a career. And in the meantime, joins the 4 million other podcasts on the internet. And the John cast is born. Join me each week as I talk to guests I find interesting or entertaining from the world of sports, play-by-play broadcasting, or whatever else sounds fascinating to me at the moment. The John cast is what I'm doing until I figure out what I'm doing. Subscribe, download, and I hope you learn something along the way. Welcome in episode 28 of the John Cast podcast. I'm not sure if that uh, audio file is working. Listen, I'm doing things differently. We're on Spotify. We're on the video part of Spotify. This is also going out to Apple and Google and everything else. But episode 28 is here. So if there's any little blips in the intros or anything like that, it's because we're in the learning process right now. But today we're joined by Jerry Mao, video producer for the University of Wisconsin Athletics. Jerry, what you drinking today? Hey, I'm just drinking some water this morning. Keeping it, keeping it low key. Keeping it low key. I like that. I've got my, I've got these, uh, they're fair. Have you ever oh, had yeah. fair life milk? I have something very similar. Um, not that specific brand, but yeah, those are, those are good. Those are dense. Yeah. I've never had the vanilla. So this is a first for me here. It's not bad. Ooh. Oh my gosh. This, this tastes like ice cream. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I make these things taste like ice cream. Well, you're the video producer, like I said, for Wisconsin Athletics. And one of the videos um, that that you made recently was uh, for Johnny Davis, the best player in college basketball. And I thought it was just such a cool, cool video that I kind of wanted to get the background for Badger fans who may have seen this and were wondering, like, how did you make this video so smooth in the transitions? And I'll explain everything we're talking about here in just a second. But uh, just a little bit for you first and, and kind of your background. How did you get to the University of Wisconsin and, and how long have you been into kind of video producing? Yeah. Um, so I grew up just outside Milwaukee um, in from Germantown. Um, so been in Wisconsin basically my entire life. Um, went to high school there. Um, I kind of knew I wanted to come to Madison when I was in high school. It was like between here and like two other schools um, and came here originally for comp sci. Um, I was actually going to originally triple major in comp sci, Chinese and communication arts. Um, realized that was too much. And <laughs> I yeah. took a production class my last semester of high school and I absolutely fell in love with it. So. I decided to take a production class here um, in Madison and I, you know, fell in love with it. I wanted to do that my full time, my career. Um, so I ended up dropping out of comp side, decided to go into um, communication arts full time. Um, that's when I kind of started learning all the video production, uh, film production, film study, all that stuff. Um, and my, the, my second semester of sophomore year, my roommate had gotten a job, uh, on the live production side, um, working for athletics. And I was really intrigued by that because I, you know, had go, I gone to every single football game, basketball game. Like I was a huge sports geek. And so I was like, yo, that's awesome. That's like basically my two favorite things combined into one. So I was like, are you guys hiring? Like, can I join you guys? Um, 
And at the time, I didn't really know much about this world. Um, and to be honest, back then, I mean, this was 20, 2010, right? So this was the beginning, really, of Twitter, Instagram. Like, Facebook was just opening up to everyone. So social media was still really, really um, young and, and relatively small. So um, I ended up um, getting the job as a student underneath the post-production side. Um, back then, my uh, supervisor was Drew Scherenbrock. You probably knew, knew him back then. Um, and, you know, was a student here for two, two and a half years, graduated. And then after I graduated, I was lucky enough to, you know, get an offer from them to work full time um, as part of the department. And I've actually been with the department since since graduating. So I've actually been in Madison either as a student or full-time employee for, man, it's 2020. So this is like thir 12, 12, 13 years. Wow. Um, so yeah, I, I love, I love Madison. Um, I consider it my home. It's, it's, it's got everything you need. Um, and it, and it's definitely, it's different when you work for your alma mater, right? Like there's, there's an emotional attachment to yeah. whatever you're creating. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's really like why I love it here so much because, you know, it, it doesn't get that much better than that. No, that's, that's pretty cool that you've been able to be with, you know, within the university, basically for that, that long of time over a decade, 12, 13 years. So when you kind of switched up what you wanted to do, uh, and you went to the video type of side. Had you had any experience like in high school? Had you been producing videos? Were you kind of familiar with the process? Yeah. Um, growing up, I was always like the technique like, amongst my friends. Like I would always mess around with the cameras and uh, I was always the family photographer and videographer, you know, with those little handy cams um, that shot to tapes, DV tapes, mini DVs. So I did a lot of that growing up just, you know, for fun. Um, like I said, like the, sorry, my dog is on my lap. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> what, uh, for this is a video podcast. So who do we got yeah. here? So her name is Ray. Hi, Ray. Frenchie. <laughs> I just woke her up. So she's, <laughs> she's derping a little bit with her tongue. <laughs> that's so cute. Um, so yeah, I took, I took one production class in high school. And I really liked it. And that's, that's where my original, like, oh, I might triple major because this is cool. And uh, Madison offered it. Um, and yeah, like that was, that was probably really the beginning of like, oh my God, I need to learn more about this stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I was always interested in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was kind of like that too. And it's funny how much the technology changes oh, through the course insane. of you just being in Madison for it's 12 insane. years. Like, I mean, yeah, we started, now I'm going to go into some technicals. Like we no. started with, um, P2 cameras, which, um, is like these basically like, like it's like the size of this, like it's, it's massive. Like they were like huge cards. You had yeah. to ingest them. They were, they were barely in HD. Um, half the stuff we shot were, you know, in standard uh, 480 and this was 2011, 2012 still, we got our first like DSLR in 
2013 to 2014. And that DSLR nowadays, I mean, might as well be worth $300, right? Like new, like it's, it's insane how much technology has changed in the, even in the past, like five, six years, because the cameras we use now, it does so much for us. Like in terms of like how well it's able to autofocus and track what we shoot and, and like the quality of it, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah. It's insane. This, the, the video quality that all, you know, all sports at the university of Wisconsin have is just, you can see it. If you go back and if you followed Wisconsin athletics, you can see the progression and it's just gotten to this like super elite kind of professional type of level. It's so fun to watch. And you're right. Like I remember we got a, my wife and I got married. This would be Oh six. We got one. Of, we first, I got my first digital camera and that digital camera is now just nothing. I got a, a camcorder. I think it had mini DV tapes or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And now it looks like, like when you watch those on a, you know, 4k television, it looks like it's from 1980 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's everything's so pixelated and blurry. Yeah. And sharp. yeah. It's so awful. But at the time I'm like, look at this cool camera I can take around and um, and so, I mean, is that, okay, I'm, I'm going to get a little nerdy too. Cause I do want to talk about this Johnny Davis video. Cause it's, it's yeah. elite. It's awesome. Um, what's the next step? What, what in the next few years, what type of video, because I know obviously a lot of people around uh, have 4k televisions. I know that yeah. takes a lot of memory, a lot of data, yeah. a lot of bandwidth when uploading and, and even producing, uh, you know, videos with that, but what's next when will we get even higher and higher in the quality of video? To be honest, I think so for social media, I think 4k is next. Cause I mean, there's other than YouTube, like in Vimeo, mm-hmm. no other platforms take 4k videos yet. Okay. Like we still produce everything in 1080 because it's, it's a waste of our resources basically to make 4k videos because you know, 95% of our viewership for these videos are on social media platforms. And I mean, other than I guess Facebook too, but. Um, like the main ones, the, the main, like TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, they're all regular HD. So, um, to save space on our end, we still shoot HD, um, occasionally for, you know, specialty shoots and, um, bigger projects, we go 4k, but for the most part, we're still in 1080 shoot. Like TV is still 720p. Yes. Most people don't know that all TV, whether you have a 4k TV, 8k TV, however fancy TV you got signal you're getting for live tv is either 720p or 1080i and like when the super bowl says they're you know broadcasting your super bowl in 4k that's not true 4k what they're doing is they're taking they're they're shooting it in 4k and then down converting it to 1080i pushing it through and then up converting it back to 4k so really it's it's fake 4k right um yep so it's, I think we're still going to be in this 4k phase, um, for quite some time until we can have, um, consistent data connection that are, to be honest, fiber level speeds, mm-hmm. um, half of America is still, you know, getting 10, 15, 20 megabits per second for internet. Um, until you can get consistent, like 500 gig. I mean, sorry, 500 megabits, one gig download upload speeds. Um, you're going to be limited by 
by that. Um, as you know, you can shoot in whatever quality, but if you can't stream it to the people actually watching it, they can't actually, you know, receive it properly and fast enough. It, it doesn't really matter. But I do think after this 4K phase, um, it'll be interesting because I think this will be 10, 10, 10 years down the road, probably 10, 15 years down the road. Um, VR, VR is going to be a big player in this, in this world. Can we get um, can we get 4K VR? Is that are we even yes. on the horizon so of that? This year, this year, right? So um, I don't know how much you know about VRs and headsets. Um, Oculus Quest um, Two is probably the standard right now, mm -hmm. and that's not that's not in 4K. That's barely 1080. Um, but this year, um, Oculus is releasing a updated 4K headset um, with. I think like 144 hertz refresh rate. So basically like as fast as any technology nowadays, that's like pretty good. Um, yeah. PlayStation also is releasing their PSVR 2, which is um, basically 4K. It's like 2K in each eye combined to 4K. Um, also, you know, 144 hertz. Um, so it's it's getting there. Um, PS, uh, the VR world is coming, it's coming fast. Yeah. That's crazy. What kind of things? Okay, I'm so I just getting caught up in the VR yeah. conversation because, like, what kind of things do you think we'll be able to do with this 4K VR once it once it gets here? Because I'm once again I'm just kind of new. Like most people, like I see my friends and their their children have the the Oculus Two headsets and they're all playing their video games right now. But we hear about the metaverse. We hear about all these other things. Like, what if what? Where do you envision that? I'm interested to hear. Well, other than Beat Saber, which is amazing, yeah, um, I think a lot of it is going to come down to one. I think the coaching side is actually going to use it a lot. Um, oh, yes, whether that's you know like a quarterback in like having an imitated virtual world of like his pocket and like he can literally look around and look at his targets, right, mm -hmm. um, and look at plays in real time of like what's happening. Um, I think that's going to be big. Um, another thing that's going to be big is like, um, virtual tours of space, virtual spaces, um, like, Hey, virtually be at this game, even though you can't. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, we'll have a virtual, we'll have a VR camera in the stands, whether somebody has to pay for that, subscribe to, you know, you're able to virtually be in that arena for you know a, a crazy top 10 matchup because all the things are sold out or whatever but i think yeah. that's gonna be big um a lot of it is gonna come down to i like like i said it's it's gonna come down to how fast this technology can evolve at the same time though the back end it's always about the back end because if the back end can't keep up with the technology there's always going to be a choke point. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. I was just watching actually uh, yesterday a video, an Instagram video, someone with those VR headsets. They're baseball players. They have like the bat hooked up to everything yeah. and they yeah. get there and they're, they're, you know, they're hitting 80, 90 mile per hour fastballs, changeups. And what you just said for like sports, like that is going to be something where you can train, especially imagine like a, a baseball player, maybe even a, a, you know, a golfer or something like that. Right. Um, 
that that's something that you know we we don't think about very often when you're not in that sports world um you're just thinking like video games and stuff like that but that's pretty cool yeah um all right so let's talk about the video okay let's talk about this uh let me bring this up really awesome video that you produced or help had help producing at the university it's called here's johnny the best player in college basketball and it it's johnny davis of the university of wisconsin and in it uh it's kind of like some of his best highlights from the year um where the team went in at the university of wisconsin and well why don't you tell me how you got these shots let's watch a little bit of it together and how you got some of these shots for for this video because i thought the transitions were so smooth it was so so well done um, let's watch a little bit of this together with Johnny Davis. I'm not sure if the audio is going to come through, but I assume it will. Um, so here is the video. Let's push play. All right. The greatest story in college basketball is the Johnny Davis show, the Wisconsin sophomore. This is truly an out of nowhere story. It looks like a first team All American, the national player. So, this is all just kind of standard, you know, get him to grab his jersey and stuff like that. This is awesome. But then it starts to transition like that. And you have him in the Cole Center, it looks like, just on a spotlight. And he's he's actually doing some of these plays that he's done. I'm going to pause it right now just for a second. But he's actually like in in the. How did you do this? What's the concept? How did start at the beginning? What was the concept for this? Yeah. So, um, you know, after Johnny had his crazy breakout games, um, particularly after Purdue, um, we started talking about, you know, we got to start a campaign for him because. He's getting all this national attention. Um, so basically beginning of January, um, we started collecting any and all sound bites related to Johnny and how you know good he is and how great of a player he is. So whether from podcasts, TV broadcasts, um, talk shows, um, we combed through all of that. Um, anytime we heard anything, we would save it. Um, and we knew we wanted to start pushing his campaign um, towards the end of January. Um, so we have time to build up um, all his, you know, all his games and um, get some momentum going into um, the second half of Big Ten. Um, and I think it was. Oh, man, let me let me pull up a calendar here. Um, so. It was sometime the middle of January. Um, I think Brandon Harrison, um, the SID slash social media, he mentioned something about, you know, let's get him to do a shoot in the Cole Center. Um, they had an idea of, you know, maybe doing some sport, sort of spotlight because we wanted to play on the whole notion of he's kind of come out of nowhere and he is like stepping into the spotlight versus, you know, the spotlight is already on him for, you know, the whole season, because let's be honest, not many of us saw this coming, right. um, at least not this soon. Um, and national media didn't know who Johnny was. Um, so we had this idea of like, okay, well, let's do something with spotlights. Um, how can we incorporate that into a shoot of some sort? 
So that quickly turned into, well, can we pull this off in the call center because we have control of the overhead lights mm -hmm. and we can, you know, we know that we can get call center to a dark house, basically, you know, no lights at all. Um, so that turned into, um, all right, let's, you know, ask some of the people who work with these lights and all that stuff, um, see what we can do with that, line up the schedule with Johnny, make sure that, you know, he can do this, make sure that there's no practices, nothing going on in the call center. Um, and the idea for the matching shot didn't really come to me. I'm not going to lie. It, this was completely out of nowhere. And sometimes this just happens in the creative process. You don't, you don't necessarily plan for certain things like months out, weeks yeah. out, or even days out. Literally the night before, um, I, the night before the shoot, I was panicking because I was like, all we have right now is a spotlight. And yeah. as cool as that is, there needs to be more sustenance um, yeah. in this video, um, especially for a national player of the year type of campaign. So I, to be honest, I don't know where the idea came from, um, but I was like, what if we, you know, just take his, some of his best shots and we'll mimic it like, and see where it goes. And so this is, this is going to sound embarrassing, but literally like 20 minutes before the shoot, we um, scrambled and found like six or seven plays that we were like, okay, like these are amazing plays by him. We're going to slow these down and put it on an iPad. Um, the nice thing was like, we shot all this footage. So we knew like kind of what shots we wanted to use already. So that helped. Um, but we were scrambling, um, Eric Rowley, um, uh, and I, he's another, uh, producer for us. Um, so these shots were all in, um, slow motion on 120 frames per second. So what we did was we just slowed it down as much as we could, um, threw it on an iPad, all six or seven clips. Um, rushed over to the Cole Center, um, and um, you know we set up the stage. We, I mean, the stage was basically to get all all the lights. Um, we got a smoke machine because um, smoke machines always add depth, especially when you have a lack of lights and light sources. So um, smoke machine, spotlight, and then we had like one um, portable light panel as a as a fill. For his face so that you know he can stand out um and with that going in we kind of explained it to johnny like hey we're gonna do you know a couple of you standing there shots a couple you know walk into the spotlight um stuff like that and then we told him after that initial sh shoot we're gonna try to reenact some of your plays from this year and some of the, some of the cooler plays right so I tried to find um, ones where you can either fully see his body and his face, so like he wasn't blocked, mm -hmm. and two, um, like his most insane looking plays, right? Because those stand out the most. So like you know the first one, the first transition I use in the video, that one was probably his most insane play where he you know drives the baseline, like stretches out like insanely and somehow gets in the hoop 
um, some crazy jelly action there. Um, so we, we knew we wanted to use those. So we showed it to him. We're like, Hey, I'm going to cut this before you make the basket. So don't worry about making this basket. Right. Cause right. Um, I knew I wanted to, if I was going to use this, I was going to cut it in the middle of the action. So yeah, right here. Right. So I cut it on the pump of the ball. Right. Um, versus after the fact. So, um, it's easier to match action when um, you have an object that your eye is attracted to, right? In this case, the ball or his or his hand motion, his arm motion. So most of the um, actions are matched at least initially on the ball. So like after the shoot, we in post-production, I would match the ball to where he had it in the shoot and then okay. with some tweaking some you know zooming and and overlaying um got the two to match as close as i can now it did help that you know like i said earlier we shot this footage originally like the actual game footage right so we knew a what camera we used b what lens we used so because of that we knew um, and see where we were standing when we shot those shots. So that made the shoot part of it much easier to re like to basically take the same exact setup in the same position and reshoot it exactly where we shot the original shot from. Um, the hardest part really was to be honest, getting the spotlight to, to fall in the exact spot of where he like jumped off or like was doing the action. Yeah, but yeah. overall, it, it actually wasn't too difficult in terms of tr trying to match it because we, like I said, we were fortunate enough to have shot those shots ourselves. Yeah, so so you had to go back at the spots where you were filming, yep. right? Like, so you had to find the spots in the Cole Center where you were sitting as you know those recording the game, video yep. producers, and then like, how did you remember where you sat? <laughs> Um, so we typically have a few of our like favorite spots to shoot. Um, I'm always one for like, I like baseline on regular, like where media sits, but a lot of times all you get is refs, butt in your face, right? You always get blocked. So yeah. as much as I like being there, I don't like it because of the fact that half the time you don't know what's going to happen because you're just going to get block all the time so we like to float and roam around the coal center a lot okay so um we typically have like three to four spots that we have found that it works really well to be in um whether that's opposite side whether that's up in the stands um certain section um it's it it became a i mean it was lucky enough too that the shots we chose um you know, they were fairly fresh in our mind. It was this season. And um, from from the angle of the camera, we can more or less tell in the general area we were in. Um, if you look at it, you know, side by side in detail, they're not exact. They're, they're probably a little bit off. But um, in post, I lined it up a little more to match it. Okay. Yeah. I think they look phenomenal. Phenomenal. That one where he's hitting the jump shot. 
Yeah. And it just, it looks like it was the same thing, but you, like, it was perfectly matched. Yeah, that, was... that, that one, that one matched out really well. I mean, like his, you can tell his jump shot's consistent because like, it literally looks the exact same. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. How, how was Johnny with this? Did Johnny um, have to go back and watch some of these highlights and, and kind of figure out exactly how he did it? Because even asking someone to do something they've done before, they can do it, but to do it almost exactly with the same movements, the same positions, like that seems really, really difficult. Yeah, um, he was great. I mean, he 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 said he thoroughly enjoyed it. So what we did right was we loaded all these on an iPad so that he can see it in real time. Gotcha. Um, and we slowed it down as much as we could and basically scrubbed it frame by frame for him. Um, and so we, you know, we're like, all right. So for this one, this is what you have to concentrate on your leg movement, kicking out your ball placement, um, how far you stretch it out mm -hmm. and where you jumped off from. I don't care if you make the basket or not. And of course, you know, him being Johnny and being the most competitive guy ever, you know, he was mad every time he missed the shot. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but yeah, it really helped that we had a visual guide for him on the iPad. And we yeah. would play it for him basically frame by frame. Um, and we would point out like, all right, so for this one, like your body angle was like this, you know, concentrate on the fact that your arm swung out as you jumped um, or concentrate that your leg went up, you know, your left foot first or right foot or whatever it was. Um, we kind of pointed out like, these are the things I'm trying to match in the video. Mm -hmm. And then don't worry about like after you get in the air and get to this spot. Right. Because I knew I was cutting from that point. Yeah. Um, how, how long did this take? Uh, the whole process probably took about six, 60, 60 hours. 60. How about um, the shoot with Johnny? Like how long did it take yeah, with him? The there? shoot probably took about an hour. Okay. Um, Interesting. Which was pretty, pretty quick. Um, it helps when there's one player Yeah. And, it, and it's very specific and there's no, you know, crazy extra things mm -hmm. um but um it probably would have been faster to be honest if our fog machine like didn't work at the beginning okay and so we were waiting like i don't know 10 minutes to try to get the fog machine to work and then i was like all right screw it and of course as i say screw it and start shooting the fog machine kicks in like all right um but yeah it, it probably took a little under an hour um and so one other thing i forgot to mention um yeah. stormy and justin they work on the live production side they help with um, the video board and all that stuff. They helped with um, some of the lighting in the arena. So I wanted to add a little bit of lighting without um, killing the whole dark house vibe. Okay. So um, on the fascias or the ring beams, as you know, the general public likes to call them, um, I had them do three to four sets of like patterns or colors. So I had a solid white, a solid red, um, and dark house black. And then each of the three colors, I had them do like a strobe, a chase, um, and a random. So okay. just to add a little bit of dimension in the back. Um, yeah. And so some of the shots you'll see, like not every single like dark house shot is the exact same. Um, some of them are a little brighter because we use the white fascia, some of them are more red and moody because, you know, we use red. Um, there was a couple shots um, that you can see, like, 
um, you have like lines and 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 patterns in, in the fascia. So that you know is another just um, another layer to yeah. To the yeah, that's something I'm gonna have to actually when I watch watch it again. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of look for those those subtle differences. That's pretty neat, yeah. man. That's that's such a cool video. And sixty hours to do the entire thing. Yeah, um, it's that's, that's some people I mean, don't realize. Yeah, like people don't realize. Like I mean, it's a the video itself is what a minute and fifteen seconds, right? Yeah. So like it's it's always funny to me when people say like, oh, it's just a minute video. How long can it take? Right? <laughs> it's like like if. A, a good video takes time and um i'm lucky enough to have a you know a supervisor a boss and chris that understands that so like i don't know how many places especially in season how many schools have a system where you know i can basically stop working football for two weeks straight and just concentrate on one video um so it it's really it's start from the top down right like if you don't have the support to do this in season you're never making this type of quality of video right because you're going to have requests left and right from oh can you do this can you do that right and part of creating is the, is like you dedicating all of your your creative juices to one project. And when you're getting pulled in 50 different directions, it gets so hard to, to concentrate on something like that. Um, so that's, that was super helpful as well. I yeah. literally, I mean, so I have a pretty good home setup. I literally sat at home for a whole week editing this, like yeah. no distractions, just cuddling my dog and <laughs> editing. <laughs> cuddling. Is it Ray? Right. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. You're right. And I think that's a really important point too, is that you have um, bosses and supervisors and those around you that that understand that if you want something really, really well done, you, you can't do this and do that. And now we got to get this done and over here and to be able, I'm so jealous that you have the ability to have that process yeah. because that is that is the key to quality man oh absolutely absolutely yeah that's the key to quality and and it shows you can have an idea and yeah. if you don't have the time to work on it it, do, it doesn't matter yeah. yeah absolutely and and it definitely shows in the videos and all the videos that that um you know wisconsin puts out and i, I i've said this before like the video department we talk about the coaching staff obviously the the assistant coaches the talent the players the trainer everybody has their own um um you know uh role with the team and their own importance with the team and i'll tell you the one that i think is very underrated is the video portion of a team it's it is the eyes it is it is your presentation to the general public through social media to millions thousands hundreds of thousands millions of people that is what the product is, is what you guys put together. And so I think what you guys do is so important, not only just with the general public, but with recruiting, with everything like you make, a, you make, you make the program cool. You know what I mean? Right, right. And so I just, I love the video. And I was talking to Patrick Herb about it um, when we were, when both the men and the women were in Nebraska recently. And he was telling me all about it. He showed me it on this phone. I'm like, this is so cool. This is so awesome. And then he told me the process about how you guys had to go sit in different portions of the coal center and, yeah. and just the, it just looks so cool. I just thought I had to talk to you today, Jerry, and, and kind of yeah, get, really kind of get thoughts. It. 
Yeah, yeah. man. So I, I really do appreciate it. And we'll be watching. What's the next thing? What's the next thing you're going to do now oh, for man. 60 I, hours? I, I got to cut. The next one's going to be way longer than 60 hours, but um, I won't give away too much of it, but I got a couple ideas that I want to do. Okay. Um, did you okay. see the JJ Watt video last year that I made? Um, like we are, we are Badgers video. Do they play it at the Cole Center? They they play it before every single game. Yep, yep, they, yep. I've seen it. Yep. They got the crap out of that game, that uh, video. So I have a spinoff off of that um, without going into too much detail. But okay. I'm hoping to do that within the next year or two. That's year always two. an off-season project. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I do know what you're talking about, and we will keep an eye out for that and all the videos put out on social media at Badger MBB. He's Jerry Mao, video producer for the University of Wisconsin. Hey, thanks for taking, uh, what do we got, about 30 minutes plus here to talk a little bit about, you know, VR video and the Johnny Davis video as well, Jerry. Thanks, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, there you go. That is Jerry Mao. So cool to have him here on the podcast. Hey, a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by Ian's Pizza in Madison. Go check out Ian's Pizza. They've got three locations in Madison, also Milwaukee, Seattle, and Denver. And next week, Monday, my partnership with Scotty Nation, with Scotty, will start, and we will have a week-by-week release of a new T-shirt that you can purchase for five weeks in a row. We'll release one t-shirt every week. It starts on Monday. First t-shirt drops and you can purchase them. And it's not just John cast stuff. It's just stuff that I think the general sports fan in the state of Wisconsin will enjoy. So first t-shirt will drop on Monday. My partnership with Scani starts. Go check out Scani on all social media. And we've got another partnership coming up in March I'm going to tell you about. I'm super excited about this one as well. And we've got some great guests lined up. Just got to arrange the schedules, put all the pieces together, and we'll have some more great guests. And the video, it's coming. It's coming along. I've got lights. As you can see, shadows. I've got a green screen. I'm not really at the Kohl Center. They're not really all stacked up behind me here um, and ready to go. But as this evolves, uh, any suggestions? Honestly, I'm new to this video thing. I have no idea what I'm doing. I need a camera. I'm just using my iPhone camera at this point, but you can always watch this podcast on Spotify too. All right. So I think I covered all the bases and thanks for watching or listening to this episode of the John Cast podcast. And I'll talk to you later. Goodbye.